Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you, dear ones? So, so, so good to be with you. Um, I'm so thrilled to be here live with you. I pray you had a wonderful weekend. Today is a most special feast day. It is the feast day of the most blessed name of the of Holy Mary, the feast of the uh, holy name of the Virgin Mary. And you know, um, many times... Um, we have names that we love um, because, and, and often it's because we come to love the people. I remember, I'll tell you a personal story, my own brother David, um, I loved him so much I couldn't believe he had my favorite name in the world. It never occurred to me that it became my favorite name because it was his name. And on the feast of the most holy name of Mary, um, she loved us before we even knew her. And, um, and I love her now because I know who she is, and I know that she's the mother of our salvation, the mother of the Savior, and we should bow our heads at the feast and the name of Mary. Every time the name of Jesus is spoken, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, and we should also bow in reverence to the holy name of Mary, whose yes brought us the world's salvation, who reversed the curse um, of Eve and um, uh, crushed the head of the serpent. So it's a, a very, very special day. Don Garaget, um the um, first abbot of St. Peter's in Salem, who restored Gregorian chant and the Benedictine order to France, um, has a wonderful article. Well, he has a 15-volume set um, on the liturgical year, which I cannot recommend highly enough to everyone. And he wrote this, And the Virgin's name was Mary. Let us speak a little bit about this name, which signifies Star of the Sea and which so well befits the Virgin Mother. I tell you what, if you are Jewish, she is your Jewish mother. She is the mother of the Jewish Messiah, the Messiah of Israel, through whom came the world's salvation. Through her, Israel's Messiah is the hope and consolation of Israel and of the entire world. He came through Israel, for Israel, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He is the Savior of the entire world. Mary is his mother. If you are Protestant, if you are any form of Christian other than Catholic, she is your mother. You can ignore her, but if Jesus is your brother, Mary is your mother, and uh, she deserves to be venerated. Um, Dom Geringer writes rightly as she likened to a star. For as a star emits its ray without being dimmed, so the Virgin brought forth her son. Without receiving any injury, the ray takes naught from the brightness of the star, nor the sun from his mother's integrity. This is the noble star, risen out of Jacob, whose ray illumines the whole world, 
whose splendor shines in the heavens, penetrates the abyss, and traversing the whole earth, gives warmth rather to souls than to bodies, cherishing virtues, withering vices. Mary, I say, says Dom Garaget, is that bright and incomparable star whom we need to see raised above this vast sea and shining by her merits, giving us light by her example. If you're in the Novus Ordo parish, you will not even probably know about this feast, but in the Latin church, it is a, um, uh, it's a double feast today. O whosoever thou art that seest thyself amidst the tides of this world, tossed about by storms and tempests rather than walking on the land, turn not thine eyes away from the shining of this star if thou wouldest not be overwhelmed by the hurricane. If squalls of temptations arise, or thou fall upon the rocks of tribulation, look to the star. Call upon Mary. If thou art tossed by the waves of pride or ambition, detraction or envy, look to the star. Call upon Mary. If anger or avarice or the desires of the flesh dash against the ship of thy soul, turn thine eyes toward Mary. If troubled by the enormity of thy crimes, ashamed of thy guilty conscience, terrified by dread of the judgment, thou beginnest to sink into the gulf of sadness or the abyss of despair, think of Mary. In dangers, in anguish, in doubt, think of Mary. Call upon Mary. Let her be ever on thy lips, ever in thy heart. And the better to obtain the help of her prayers, imitate the example of her life. Following her, thou strayest not. Invoking her, thou despairest not. Thinking of her, thou wanderest not. Upheld by her, thou fallest not. Shielded by her, thou fearest not. Guided by her, thou growest not weary. Favored by her, thou reachest the goal. And thus dost thou experience in thyself how good is that saying, and the Virgin's name was Mary. Thus speaks the devout Saint Bernard in the name of the Church. But his pious explanation does not exhaust the meanings of this blessed name of Mary. Saint Peter Chrysologus adds in this same night office, Mary in Hebrew signifies Lady or sovereign, and of course her Hebrew name is my name, Miriam. I took that name at my confirmation and at my religious vows. Mary, Miriam, in Hebrew signifies lady or sovereign, and truly the authority of her son, who is the Lord of the world, constituted her queen, both in fact and in name from her very birth. Our Lady, Such is the title which befits her in every way, as that of our Lord beseems her Son. It is the doctrinal basis of that worship of hyperdulia, which belongs to her alone. Hyperdulia belongs to Mary alone. She is below her Son, whom she adores as we do, but above all God's servants, both angels and men, now, hyperdulia is not the adoration we, um, we owe to God, which is latria. 
but hyperdulia, which belongs to her alone. She is below her son, whom she adores as we do, but above all God's servants, both angels and men, inasmuch as she is his mother. At the name of Jesus, every knee is bent. At the name of Mary, every head is bowed. And although the former is the only name whereby we may be saved, yet, as the Son can never be separated from his mother, heaven unites their two names in its hymns and praise, earth in its confidence, hell in its fear and hatred. It was therefore in the order of divine providence that devotion to the most holy name of Mary should spread simultaneously with the cultus of the adorable name of Jesus. Cultus, beloved, in in my Protestant years, meant uh, uh, the worship of Satan, a cult. It's not so. It's simply the word for worship. It is the cultus of the adorable name of Jesus, not cute, that which is to be adored, name of Jesus, of which St. Bernardine of Siena was the apostle in the 15th century. In 1513, the church of, um, let's see, Suenca in Spain was the first to celebrate with the approbation of the Holy See a special feast in honor of the name of Mary, while the Franciscan order had not yet succeeded in obtaining a like privilege for the adorable name of Jesus. The reason of this is that the memory of that sacred name included in the feast of the circumcision seemed to the prudence of the pontiffs to suffice. From the same motive, we find the feast of the most holy name of Mary extended to the universal church in the year 1683 and that of the most holy name of Jesus not until 17. 21. Our Lady justifies her beautiful title by partaking in the warlike exploits of the King of Kings, her son. The city of Vienna, having been delivered by her from the power of the Crescent, contrary to all hope, the venerable Innocent XI made this feast the memorial of universal gratitude to the Liberatrix, Liberatrix, that's Mary, of the West. But we shall speak more explicitly of this glorious deliverance on the 12th of September, that's today, the day on which it occurred. Beloved, I think most of us know so little of this, so little of what our mother, the worthy mother of the Son of God, has done. In the introit of today's Mass, it says, Let us with the church greet the sweet infant whose name foretells her power. All the rich and the great ones, kings, pontiffs, seraphim, shall entreat her smile. But the virgins are to form her own blessed train, singing the canticle that they alone can sing. This is such beauty, beloved. There's the music for our first break. We will be back after the break. You are most welcome during this entire hour, dearest, to call in with your calls, your texts, your emails, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. We the people are guaranteed five freedoms in the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Freedom of the press. Freedom to peaceably assemble. Freedom to petition the government. Only the United States has these five freedoms so simply bound together and guaranteed. Think first. Learn more at thinkfirstamendment.org. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well that he would give her water which would become an eternal spring of life within her. He then showed her that the gift of life also requires repenting of evil. As we invite the world to the life of Jesus, let's not be afraid to challenge the world to repent of all those actions that destroy life, starting with abortion. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live. This is the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Mary, which um, I don't believe is celebrated in the New Mass, but it is in the Old Mass, and um, it's just very, very beautiful. Um, And I want to continue a little bit of what Dom Guéringer has has written, and we will take your calls... um, and your emails and your text, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, from the Book of Wisdom, uh, in today's Mass, it reads this. Let me read it. It's so beautiful. As the vine, I have brought forth a pleasant odor, and my flowers are the fruit of honor and riches. I am the mother of fair love and of fear, F-E-A-R, and of knowledge, and of holy hope. In me is all grace of the way and of the truth. In me is all hope of life and virtue. Come over to me, all ye that desire me, and be filled with my fruits. For my spirit is sweet above honey, and my inheritance above honey and the honeycomb. In my Protestant years, beloved, we used to say that wisdom is personified in the writings of Scripture as if wisdom is a person. Well, wisdom is a person. Um, 
and uh, Mary, who is the seed of wisdom, is spoken about here. She says, my spirit, come over to me, all ye that desire me, and be filled with my fruits, for my spirit is sweet above honey, and my inheritance above honey, and the honeycomb. My memory is unto everlasting generations. They that eat me shall yet hunger, they that drink me shall yet thirst. He that hearkeneth to me shall not be confounded, and they that work by me shall not sin. They that explain me shall have life everlasting. Dom Geringer says, all the delight of heaven, all the hopes of the earth, all are centered on the cradle where Mary sleeps. While her heart is watching before God, wisdom praises her own self by the blessed daughter of Anne and Joachim, the loving preference shown by that divine wisdom from the beginning of the world is already justified. Forevermore, it will be her delight to be with the children of men. The chosen vine, the vine of the peaceful one, that's God, is before us, announcing by its fragrant blossom the divine grape whose juice pressed out in the wine press of the cross will give fruitfulness to every soul and will inebriate earth and heaven. The church returns in the gradual to Mary's great privilege, her her virginal maternity, which gave God to the world. You hear that, beloved? Her virginal maternity. She gave birth to Jesus and remained a virgin. After childbirth, thou didst remain a pure virgin, O Mother of God. Intercede for us. Alleluia. I don't want to read all the readings from Mass, but let me just, um, a little bit. Um, um, Oh, dear. It's hard to read you a commentary without reading the the scriptures to you on on this um, holy Mass. Um, uh, The the Gospel is according to St. Luke, and it's uh, of the angel Gabriel being sent from God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Are you Jewish, beloved? Are you listening to this? Do you know that there is only one son of David? He is the Messiah of Israel. He is the son of Mary. He is the son of Joseph, both from the line of David, one through Solomon, one through Nathan. The virgin's name is Mary. She is the virgin that Isaiah spoke of. Isaiah 7.14, that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Call his name Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, Emmanuel, God with us. And some Jewish people argue that she's not a virgin. She's a young young maiden. That's fine. A young maiden will conceive and bear a son whose name will be God with us. Can you imagine? And the angel being come in said to her, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, who having heard was troubled by this saying, and thought with herself what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found grace with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. In Hebrew, it's Yeshua, which means salvation. God is salvation. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. The Most High is God. That's his title throughout the Old Testament. The angel told Mary, 
that she would bear the Son of God. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of David his father, and he shall reign in the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be done? Because I know not man. I'm a virgin. I don't know man. More than that, the tradition of the church has it that Mary took a vow of virginity in reparation for Israel's sins. <clears throat> How shall this be done? And the angel answering said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee, and therefore also the Holy, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she also hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her that is called barren, because no word shall be impossible with God. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it done, be it done unto me according to thy word. It's Mary's fiat, beloved. It's Mary's yes that brought you your salvation. Dom Geringer says, this is the most solemn embassy in the history of angels and of men. It shows us how Mary is what her name signifies, mistress of the world, the highest interests of the human race, past, present, and to come, of the heavenly hierarchy, and of God himself, are here at stake, and the transaction, transaction is carried on between the Most High and the Virgin of Nazareth alone, as having exclusive right, the one to propose, the other to accept, both to conclude. The angel is but a messenger. Man, too, stands in waiting. Mary enters into a contract with the Creator in the name of angels and of men, as in her own name, in the name of the entire world, which she represents and over which she reigns supreme. Hail then to our Queen. On her birthday, all hail to Mary. May she herself, in the holy sacrifice, present our offerings to God for her people. And she does, beloved. She does. You know, even when I became a Catholic, there are Catholics who told me I was too strong on Mary. I was a fanatic. You can't be. You cannot love her too much. You see people praying before her statues in the church. They're not worshiping plaster or, or, uh, or um, any kind of uh, material. They are adoring, not adoring as they would God. They are honoring Mary, whom her statue represents, just as we look at photos of people we love. I love you. It could be a photo of someone living or dead, but the photo brings their picture close to us, same as a statue. There's no difference. Statues can't talk. Statues don't have life any more than photos have them. But we pray to a, a, a person, and God connects our prayers between heaven and earth, between time and space. He does. And we have the sweet communion of saints that those in heaven and in purgatory can pray for us. On earth, in heaven, and in purgatory can pray for us. Only the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Those in purgatory who are done with sin, done with its presence, done with its power, only want God 
and his mind and his will. Their prayers are more pure and more powerful for us than any prayers on earth could be. And those in heaven are perfect for us because they have the mind of God. There is no greater power on earth given to men than our Lord has given to his mother Mary. No one on earth. And she intercedes. She is the mediatrix of all grace. Every grace comes from God to us through Mary. That's shocking to many people. But she is the mediatrix of all grace. All comes from Jesus through his mother to us. That's the way he set it up. We can argue. We may not think it makes sense. It doesn't matter. God has done that. She is the mediatrix of all grace. She is our advocate with God. And she is our co-redemptrix. Co doesn't mean equal. It means with. The church fathers, right from the first century on, have called her co-redemptrix. She is our co-redemptrix. Apart from her, yes, we have no son. We have no savior. She cooperated with God in bringing salvation to the world. She is our co-redemptrix. You know, many people uh, have come to Christ, have come into the church because of maybe your witness. Maybe you're bringing the gospel to them. You're a co-redemptrix in that sense. You cooperate with God in bringing the gospel to people. No one has cooperated with God more than Mary in bearing the very Son of God and giving him on the cross for our salvation. I think, dear ones, we'll go ahead to your calls and your emails um, and uh, feel free to call in now. For if anything on your heart, toll free, one 877 or email at com. James, my dear brother, are you with us? I am with you, Mother. How are you doing this morning? I'm just terrific. I'm so happy to be with you live, and I'm so pleased you're with us, James. Do we have a caller yet? We do. We have Marguerite uh, holding on the line from Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, Marguerite. Go ahead with your question or comment for Mother. Welcome. I'm honored to be on the show. Yesterday, we're watching AWTN. It was a story on Mary's house. All right. Ephesus. And it's beautiful. Mary. Yep. I did a lot of suffering yes, in a cohort with her son Jesus before going up to heaven. And right. she suffered so much, she became very, very, very thin and skinny. But that, mm-hmm. I thought that would be a very interesting fact. You know, isn't that something? I, can't, I couldn't believe it. Yes, Marguerite, you're Thank very you. right. You're very right. It's the house of Ephesus. I've been in that house. Um, it's quite something. Um, uh And we could never learn enough, right, Marguerite, about Mary? The more we know about her, the more we love her. Is that right? Yes, because she suffered many days before finally being assumed into heaven. She suffered that house. She absolutely suffered. And um, uh, Simeon predicted that the sword would also pierce her heart at the foot of the cross, which it did. She never ceased suffering. Um, so we have quite a mother who um, her son has endured all uh, sufferings yet without sin and Mary also suffering and never ever with sin God bless you for your call Marguerite thanks for the joy of your heart and love for Mary we'll be right back beloved feel free to call in text or email 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. The Gospels record many instances of our Lord going off to a secluded place to pray, so we can be sure that finding a quiet place for prayer is vital for us as well. Located in the serene setting of Cranberry, Pennsylvania, the St. Thomas More House of Prayer is the perfect place to deepen your prayer life or to hold a group retreat. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center whose mission is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and spread this beautiful prayer of the Church. Book a visit or learn more by going to liturgyofthehours.org or call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live, and we have an entire half hour all to ourselves to take your calls, your texts, your emails, call in with anything at all on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. James, let's jump into the emails today. Okay, we'll start today with an email from Anne, who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm a new viewer as I just discovered your program. I love it and just subscribed. I'm emailing you because this is a long story. I'm 69 years old and live in Georgia. I've been married to my husband for 39 years. We were raised Catholic and got married in the Catholic Church. I was away from the church on and off for about 20 to 30 years. My husband is now an atheist. Actually, I am not certain if he ever truly believed in God, even back when we were married. Today, I faithfully attend Sunday Mass and recently began attending daily Masses. I go to confession once per month. I attend First Friday and First Saturday Masses, and I am an adoration guardian at my church. I say the rosary every day. I thank God for all of this and my renewed faith in Jesus Christ. I love our Blessed Mother and have done many consecrations to her. Three years ago, I visited Israel and the Holy Land. It has impacted my life. My husband and I could not have our own children. We adopted a son and a daughter who are now 33 and 31 years old. They've been baptized in the Catholic Church and have received all of their sacraments. 
I have to admit that I did not give them the best upbringing in the Catholic Church that I should have. It's one of my biggest regrets. Both are atheists now, and my son is homosexual. My daughter is living in sin with her fiancé and has had an abortion, maybe even more than one. My daughter is getting married this October. She's not getting married in the church, but on a friend's berry farm. Her fiancé is an atheist as well. The person marrying them is getting his license online. I have told her that I cannot attend her wedding. I have had numerous discussions with my pastor and with a priest from the Archdiocese of Atlanta who have told me it would be a grievous sin for me to endorse her wedding in the manner she has chosen. She will not get married in the church, and my understanding is that one cannot leave the Catholic Church or become a non-Catholic. I tried to tell her lovingly my reasons, but she has shut me out of her life. My son is also not speaking to me. My husband says I am ruining our marriage and I have broken up my family. My husband and I also have marriage intimacy problems because I am now following the teachings of the Catholic Church. He has talked about us getting a divorce. I will never give up on my marriage, even though my husband is now a heavy drinker and sometimes it is extremely hard to deal with his anger, all directed at me. I don't know how all of this will end, but I have put it in the hands of our merciful God and his blessed Mother Mary. Thank you for reading this. I'm hoping you can reply. Thank you, Anne. Oh, Ann, I'm so sorry. What a, what a difficult, painful, hard story. Um, what doesn't begin well often doesn't end well. Hopefully this will have a good ending. Um, no, you're, um, uh, you cannot attend that wedding. Absolutely not. Uh, they will not be married in God's eyes. They will be living in sin. Um, but they can't get married in the Catholic Church if they don't believe. That's, that would be a, um, a absolutely false. So, Anne, um, it, it's, it's a tragedy. I, I know that. But, uh, dear one, blessed be God that he's brought you to such faith. Um, my only counsel to you, dear one, is to be as loving uh, as you can be, to be Christ to your husband, to be Mary, to your husband, to your children, and say, dear ones, there's no way I can apologize to you enough for not raising you Catholic, not living the Catholic faith. Faith is a gift, and I got it late in life, and uh, we did not really have a Catholic marriage. And so, um, but it's a gift, and it's from God, and if, if I don't live it now, I'll be turning from God, which I cannot do. So, uh, I'm not putting my faith on you, but I must live it. I must not go against God in the teachings of his church. I love you. I'll do anything I can in the world to help you. If you ever wish to know God or reasons for why I do what I do, uh, there's nothing I won't tell you. But I cannot, um, I cannot go against the faith. I cannot support you when I know that you're entering a life that is leading to hell. I cannot do that. How, could, how would that be love? You see a truck coming and I don't say anything, that wouldn't be love at all. Just to support you in your, in your, uh, in your, in your journey to a Christless eternity, how could I love you if I do that? You say to your husband, the church teaches against contraception. We cannot do it. I cannot do it. We did it. We didn't know. I did it in ignorance or disbelief or in sin. But now God has brought me to faith. 
I must follow him. I can never help you. I can never love you if I don't put God first. It doesn't um, help me love you less. Putting God first will help me love you more. But according to his design, we can be restored and renewed and saved. So that's it, Anne. Um, There's no pride in your faith. It's a pure gift. So be humble and love them and um, uh, live your faith out. Uh, Don't argue ever. Just be soft and loving and um, as wonderful a wife and a mother as you can be without compromising the faith. Okay. And let's go now to a call from Mm -hmm. Valerie in Virginia, who's been holding patiently on the line. Go ahead with your question or comment for the show, Valerie. Good morning, Mother. Hi, Valerie. I'm terrific. How about yourself? I'm I'm terrific, too. (laughs) Good, (laughs) good. Um, I wanted to um, just share something with you, because it it was a caller, I believe, last week that was talking about the way um, people dress at the Latin Mass. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I I travel almost two hours every Sunday and on holy days, just one way to go to attend a Latin Mass. Bless you. And I have to tell you that I chuckled at this because I remember you said that, you know, the the pastor needs to speak from the pulpit and everything. And our pastor, God bless him, he's wonderful. He he has spoken in sermons about this. He has put it in bulletins, and he even has gone so far now as to putting up signs Good. before you enter the sanctuary Good. and with pictures and he his question is I what believe mark? um mm-hmm. dress Good. like this going to Rome. <laughs> Say that and again? He, well, he, I think the, the question on on these signs is um would you dress this way going to Rome? Oh they would. And, you mean this way yeah. poor or good? This well way up. poor. This would, oh, yes, they would. They do. The Vatican has the same signs. They do. Mm-hmm. And he has pictures, and, and it's, it's quite something because I realized after the call that you had that this is not ignorance. I don't know what it is because these, it's like the same people almost every Sunday. The signs are right there, but they're still dressing the same way. Well, shame on your pastor. He's put the signs, he has to live up to them. He has to mean them, not just keep a piece of paper out in front of the church. He has to say, I'm sorry, look at that sign again. When you have your clothes on, come back. He needs to do it. I thought Otherwise, about with, with, I'm sorry, I thought about what Padre Pio did, you know, telling, and I thought, okay, now our pastor needs to start telling people they need to leave because they're just not dressing. No, they, they need to not enter. Um, he, and he shouldn't do it publicly, aloud. He needs to go up to them privately and say, um, Madam, uh, you need to go home and put a skirt on, to put a long skirt on. You need to put a, 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 cop that, a top that covers you. Uh, gentlemen, uh, you need to put pants on, not shorts and thongs. He needs to go up privately and tell them that and have them leave. Okay, I, I I agree with that because after all of his, it's such it's been such a battle, and after you know all of his preaching on it, and you know they still do that. Yeah, but that's his fault. 
You know, if a parent tells his ch- the children, do this, come home by 10 at night, and they keep coming in at 1, 2 in the morning. Well, I told them, well, what kind of parent are you if you still allow that? I- if, you, if you mean what you say, enforce it in a good way, in a reverent way, but enforce it. Otherwise, you're harming the congregation and bringing irreverence to the Blessed Sacrament. Right. Right. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I love how straightforward you are mm-hmm. and unapologetic about these things because it's, I don't understand the people that just don't listen. Well, but- you don't understand them because our culture is degraded, but it's the pastor who needs to enforce that. If children are misbehaving, it does do you no good to blame them. It's the parents that have that responsibility. And the pastor needs to be a pastor and needs to not let children figure out what to do by themselves if they're violating what is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, again, I agree 100% with you. Well, I would speak with him, Valerie, and say you're driving two hours every Sunday and Holy Day to come here. He has the signs up and all, but Father, um, it means nothing to some people. Uh, they may not even be aware that they're modest. Uh, they may not be aware. Would you please, for the sake of our souls, for worship, for reverence, would you please enforce this? And if skirts are too high or it's sleeveless or whatever the issue is, would you please uh, ask the, have the courage and the strength and the leadership to privately ask those people to go home and get dressed? Well, I would be happy to. Have, what do you mean? I have you would, that. You would be would happy, be happy to, to, to say to that to him. him. Yes, Mother, because um, he is actually my spiritual director. Well, good then. That's excellent. And make an appointment with him, do it um, 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 respectfully, but seriously. Don't complain about an issue. Say, Father, I don't understand why this is not enforced. Are you aware that the, the dress in many people, this has not made any difference? Would you please enforce this? And if he says how, just go up to the people and ask him to get, go home and get dressed. Hmm. That's it. Okay. He says, well, I can, am I supposed to be a watchdog? Yes, Father. The shepherd watches every one of his sheep and know them by name. And so just say, say to him, uh, just ask him why, the, why it's not enforced and see where it goes from there. So no. That I can... No, ask him to enforce it. Don't and, ask I mean, him to, to give you an account of why. Don't give, ask him to give you an account of why it's not enforced. Say, Father... Your signs, your your messages are not being enforced. Would you do that, please? Okay. Ask him to do it. Don't ask him to give you an explanation. Okay. Say, Fa- Father, it- we, we need you to enforce this. Okay. And if he says how, say not by another sign. Go up quietly, privately to people and ask them to go home and get dressed. He said they won't come back. I, well, that's their, that, that's their business before God. They need to respect the Blessed Sacrament. Thank you, Mother. Thank you very much. Okay, Valerie. God bless you, dear. God bless you. Okay, so our next caller here is going to be Ray in Mississippi. Welcome to the show, Ray, and go ahead with your question or comment for Mother. 
Good morning, Mother. I appreciate all you do on your work. Thank you, Ray, dear. I value your opinion, so I'm going to lay it straight with you. Um, Well, I'll tell you what. My dear brother, I'm so glad you lay it straight. I love doing that. I'm a New Yorker at heart. But there's the music for our break. Can you hang on till after the break, Ray? Okay, we'll have 10 minutes after the break. It'll be fine. And even perhaps time for someone else to call in if they wish. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. Hang on, Ray. Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source, and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine, that thy will may be mine, and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine, since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the stationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, This is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes, and we have Ray hanging on the phone. Are you there, dear brother? Yes, I am. Hi. Go ahead, dear. Uh, I'm 75 years old and been a Catholic all my life. I painted myself in a corner, and you brought up the subject this morning about being prepared for the second coming. 
I haven't been to Mass in over a year. I had a falling out with my pastor, and I took all my problems to him, but my concerns for the Catholic Church, and as far as homosexuality and a lot of other things that are going on. And he told me that I probably didn't love God enough, and that I put too much emphasis on priests, that uh, they're only human also. And I kind of left there feeling like I got pulled off. I haven't been back since. I want to get back to going to Mass. Mm-hmm. But I'm having a real problem with going to confession. That's where I am right now. Right. I don't, believe, I don't blame you. Um, I'm sorry for the response of that priest. Uh, there's tremendous things wrong with the Catholic Church. And um, what's been going on with priests and bishops is an absolute disgrace to the entire world. Of course they're human. But they have been consecrated. And they have a vocation to live and a responsibility. Does that mean they never sin? No. But it does mean that they live their vocation. Um, Ray, um, I, don't, I forget the statement. Someone said, don't let Judas, you know, Judas left Christ. And don't let the Judases of this world, all the priests, all the bad bishops and everything determine your eternity. Don't leave because of a man. Don't leave because of a priest or a pope or a bishop or anyone else. You're leaving Christ. Our eternity, and I I know you, I'm sure you believe this, Ray, our eternal salvation, it will never, ever, ever be based on a man. Ever. And it would be Satan's plot, and it is his plot, to make our priests as weak and... um, feeble and feminine and disgraceful as they could possibly be so that we want nothing to do with them. Um, Don't ever let a man or his personality or his errant theology or his poor behavior or counsel ever, ever come in the way of your salvation with our Lord and his church. Ray, um, can you go to another church? Don't go back to that priest. Can you go to another Catholic church? Was that Novus Ordo? I started to. And as things built up, things I've been listening to on Church Militant, uh, I just couldn't force myself to go back to go to confession. Okay, uh, sweetheart, yeah. Um, is there a good holy priest that you know and trust in the world? Yes. Is it someone that you could get to physically? Yes, there's two churches in my town. There's a few churches. Is there a priest in one of those churches that you would trust to go to? I don't know. You don't know? So personally, have you had a spiritual director, Ray? No. All right. And do you know of any uh, priest... And there are other churches and other priests, but do you happen to know a priest personally who you respect and trust? Yeah, he's retired. He's retired? He moved away? Right. So he's not anywhere you can get to physically? No, I can't. No? Okay. Um, mm, Wow. Is there a Latin church that you know of in your area? 
a Latin parish, a Latin mass? No. No, huh? Um, how many churches have you not been to? And you, you say there's a few churches, so at least three that you've not been to? Yes. Okay. Here's a thought I have, Ray. Um, go to each of those churches. Do you, can you, you can go during the week and certainly on Sunday. Um, if you haven't been to confession, don't receive communion. But go to the churches, go to the Mass, go to each of them, and go find out for those churches um, a priest that you feel you could go to. All right? And call him up and make an appointment with him. And say, Father, I've not been to church in so long, and um, I haven't been to confession. I had a bad experience with a priest. I want to come back to the sacraments and to God, and I want to know I'm on my way to heaven and all of that. Um, can you meet with me? So I would say go to those churches. Go one church on Monday, one church on Tuesday, one church on Wednesday. Don't spread it out weeks and months. And pick a priest. I know we shouldn't, you know, go by our feelings and all of that because God works through the sacraments regardless of the most sinful priest. But um, it's not a bad thing if you do that. So I would say go to one different church every day and pick the priest that you feel you'd like to talk to who's mature, who's reverent, and give him a call and ask him to meet with you. That's what I would suggest. Is that something you think you could do? Yes, Mother. All right, dear one. Um, don't delay, Ray. It's very important that you haven't been in a year because you're in mortal sin. And it's, it's, you love God. I, I can hear it. And you love the church. You just can't stand all the sin going on. Um, but that shouldn't cause you to put yourself in sin. So, Ray, go. Don't wait. Don't panic. But go as soon as you can and um, call the priest that you feel you could meet with. And if he doesn't work out, call the next priest. Just don't stop till you get to confession, you get to a good priest, and be absolved and return to the sacraments. Does that sound all right, Ray? Yes, it does. All right, honey. Would you call me back and let me know how that works out? I sure will. Okay, I'd appreciate it, Ray, and we'll be praying for you. Okay, God bless you, sweetheart. Okay, and we will go next to Elizabeth in Corning, New York. Elizabeth, welcome to the program, and what's your question or comment for Mother? Hi, my question is, we're newer to the community, and there is a well-established uh, older woman at our parish and her daughter, and we see them hopping around to the different parishes, and their car has multiple Biden-Harris bumper stickers that we see in the parking lot. Uh, we're not sure if our role is to pray for them or if we should um, say something. So what, what is the right thing to do, Mother? Just let it go. Just let it go. Pray for them. That's it. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, just let it go. And you can, at one point, um, if you want to meet them, uh, not to criticize or anything, but to develop a friendship of some sort um, and develop that and see if you could have an effect in their lives, that's fine. You could speak with your pastor and say, are you aware of this mother and her daughter who are going from parish to parish with um, Biden stickers and all of that? Um, 
just want to make sure you're aware of it. He say, he may say, I'm not, uh, as long as she's not causing trouble in the parish and all that. Pray for them. Pray for God to use you. Uh, but don't have a um, a critical spirit. Have a um, kind of a, um, how do I say, a, a bit desperate for her conversion and salvation and that of her daughter. So introduce yourself to her when you can. Um, but build a friendship. Don't um, automatically criticize because she'll cut you off and you won't have done any good. Um, and then I would also speak to the pastor to see if he's aware of it. Would that help, Elizabeth? Yes, yes, Mother. Thank you so much. You're welcome, sweetheart. You're welcome. There's the ending music, dear ones, to our program today. Um, I love being back with you live. I apologize for last week. We had to run so many encores. Um, but all is well, and God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you. Live the faith with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. <laughs>